Y'all may be seated. We're coming up on that part of the service where we go before the Lord in prayer. As we go before the Lord in prayer today, I understand that we all come to this time of prayer. We all come to this time of worship with a lot weighing on our hearts. This week, we witnessed the tragedy um, in Uvalde, Texas, where 19 children and two teachers uh, were uh, killed in a senseless act of violence. Um, it is something that I know, even just as I move through the church today and listen to conversations, know that it's something that is deeply on our mind and is something that should be deeply in our prayers, that it should be something that is deep in our soul. When some, I know we don't know those folks, they're hundreds of miles away. And yet, because we are all God's children, we are connected. And so we feel that pain. We feel for those families that no who no longer have those wonderful children um, that they knew um, at the beginning of this week. And so again, as we pray today, as we pray this week, as we continue to pray throughout our lives, may we pray for those who have lost. Pray for that community that it may heal in what seems like something that cannot be healed from yet through the power of God's presence, healing is possible. But may this also stir up in our hearts that desire to love and serve the Lord, that we can be a part of making this world look another way. Last week, we read Revelation chapter 21 and Revelation chapter 22. It is the descent of the new Jerusalem where all is made well and there is no more suffering and there is no one who does harm anymore. One of the things that we are supposed to be as not just this church, although certainly this church, but as capital C, the church, is to be at least a glimpse of heaven here on earth. And so as we mourn with the people of Uvalde, as we go and seek to serve the people of the Abilene area in mission, in mission, as we go through our lives as Christians, may we carry with us the knowledge that we still live in a broken world, but that we as God's people, as we prayerfully move through our lives, have an opportunity to be a part of making the world different than it is now that just as we are not who we once were before we came to Christ, Christ has transformed us. We as God's people, not just us, but the two billion Christians around the world that we share this faith with, can be a part of transforming this world that prayerfully through my God, there may be fewer weeks that feel like this week, but there may be fewer tragedies. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Gracious loving God, we come to you with the deep pain and suffering weighing on our hearts as we indeed feel for the people of Uvalde, Texas. And so God, we lift them up into your mighty arms. We lift up those families who lost children, those families who lost loved ones, that community that is rocked by so much pain and so much suffering. And so, God, we pray again for your mighty hand to touch them, for your comforting arms to surround them. God, we lift them up to you.
that they may know your peace that surpasses all understanding. But God, may we too, in our own hearts, remember that we are to be your people, that we are to be your hands and feet, that through you the world does not have to be this way if we will continually say yes to you. We also lift up the family and friends of Michael Connie, um, who was killed. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong. It was a PISD teacher um, who was killed um, in a car crash this past week. Um, and for the two students uh, who were in the car with him, uh, who are still in need of healing God, uh, we pray uh, for your hands uh, to uh, rest upon them. Uh, we lift up uh, Bryce Sweeney. Uh, we lift up Alora's aunt um, who is suffering from throat cancer. Uh, she had a stroke and fell and broke her leg um, and pray for a good cancer screening. Um, and, and for her last treatment and for all that is going on with her. We lift up Rex, who is in um, ICU with pneumonia, but has moved outside the lungs. He still has fluid on the lungs. We lift up Angela and Eric and Rhonda, uh, Jimmy W. and Carla for healing from cancer. We lift up the Rickerson family. Uh, we pray uh, for Luna, a uh, five-week-old um, in Dallas, um, at Dallas Children's, the high fever, God, we pray for healing there. Uh, we lift up the Velasquez family um, and uh, the Tally and Pesky family. Um, we, God, we also pray for our dear brother, John Hafner, who is still um, in a long journey recovering from a stroke. Um, God, this is a lot. This is a lot. This is a long list of places and people in need of healing. And so, God, we hand all of that over to you because it is beyond our power, but it is within your power. And so, God, we pray for healing. We pray for comfort. We pray for peace. We pray for this world to be other than it is. And God, we know in you, all of that is possible. So may we hand ourselves over to you as well and be a part of your mighty work in this land. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. And now for what is truly the impossible pivot, I invite Pastor Emily and the children to come forward for a message that is prepared just for them. Hey, guys. Okay, but I do it different than first service. So even if you were at first service, it's a little different during second service. So how many of you are already out of school? couple of you. How many of you are still in school for just this week, but this is your last week of school? Are you so excited for summer? No? Yes? Yes and no. We got a little bit of both. All the teachers in the room are going, yes. Yes, we are excited for summer. So I have a question for you. This summer, how many of y'all have plans to play with your friends? Is that on your to-do list this summer, to play with some friends this summer, to hang out? How many of you have a best friend? Do any of y'all have a really good best friend? Maybe more than one best friend? You got a couple of best friends? Okay, like 20. That's a lot of good best friends. Everyone is Thomas's best friend. Okay, so here's my big question for you. What makes your best friend your best friend? This is a tough one. Think about it if you need to. What, is your be what makes your best friend your best friend? My best friends always play with me. They always play with you. They're always there for you, right? Okay, what else? What else makes a good best friend? Yeah. He's good. He's good. All right. What you got, Jay? The only 
friend I have is Jesus. Jesus is your very best friend, huh? Well, I want to be your friend too. Can I be your friend, Jay? Are, is everybody here Jay's friend? Yeah. I'm about to say everybody here is Jay's friend too. Yes. What else makes a really good best friend? What else? What? Being kind. Being kind. What else? They share. They share. All right. Anybody else have a good idea of what makes a good best friend? Uh, when you want to play with someone, they, they play with you. Yeah, so they stick with you, right? Sometimes our friends stick very close to us, even closer than a brother, right? How many of you are good friends with your siblings, too? You've got siblings and you like playing and hanging out with them. Eh, that's an iffy question. I know it was iffy in my house, too, growing up. It's okay. Now I'm best friends with my siblings. So here is the deal. Did you know that we all have a best friend that sticks closer than a brother? That never, never going to give us up, never going to let us down? Never going to run around and desert us. Yeah, who is that friend, Jay? Who's that best friend? You already said it once. Jesus. Jesus, of course. All right, guys, so let's pray. Are you ready? Will you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Here we go. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being our best friend and sticking so close to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good job, guys. Our scripture this morning comes from the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, verses 36 through 53. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look, here, look, excuse me. Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones um, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? Uh, they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law, uh, law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in, the, in, the, in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised, so stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned in Jerusalem with great joy. And there, and they were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is God's good word for us, God's beloved people. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, as the decor might have suggested, today we once again begin what I never thought was going to become an annual tradition. Today is the first day of the Summer of Rock, Volume 4, The Farewell Tour. I call it 
Summer of Rock Volume 4 because we've done it four times. In 2019, when I started this, I had no idea that in 2022, I thought, oh, this will be fun. We'll do this once. And then everyone spends the rest of the year talking to me about what are we going to do for Summer of Rock next, next year. And so it just keeps coming back. And I'm calling it the farewell tour because I'm not going to make Pastor Jimmy keep doing this. He might still want to. He is a former rocker uh, himself, and so you may well have Summer of Rock Volume 5 back with a vengeance. Um, but because I do not want to saddle him with this, I am calling this Summer of Rock Volume 4, The Farewell Tour. Um, and I admit the song that I have picked for today it does not really count as rock and roll. It is more of an 80s pop song. Um, it is Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. And look, okay, so that song is fine. It is a perfectly okay 80s pop song. Susie's giving me a look, right? Like, I am not, we've got some real classics coming up in the Summer of Rock Volume 4. This one, I admit that it's still relevant 35 years after it was first written. It's probably as shocking to Rick Astley as it is to any of us. It was written in 1986. Uh, first released in 1987. It was a number one hit. Um, Rick Astley had a brief period from 1987 to 1993 where he was putting out number one hits in this kind of, you know, upbeat, kind of poppy, kind of rocky, like late 80s, early 90s music. And it's you know, just a wonderful song about a man who really loves a woman, um, and he's just never going to give her up. He's never going to let her down. He's never going to run around or desert her. And I actually, that, that three lines in the chorus is all you need to know from the rest of today. It's, it's never going to give you up, never going to let you down, never going to run around or desert you. Because that's true, apparently, about Rick Astley. Um, it's also true about God. It's kind of what's happening here at the Ascension. But that's not why I love this song. I love this song because in 2007, there was a thing called, I lived on the internet in 2007. I live on the internet now too, but I definitely lived on the internet in 2007. And in 2007, there was an early meme that went around called Rick Rolling. The idea behind Rick Rolling is this song that had fallen out of, you know, favor. It was at that point a 20-year-old song. You would click a link that you thought was going to take you to something else. And oh my God, there's Rick Astley. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Right there is Rick Astley. I do not have low enough of a voice to do Rick Astley. Wait, there's a reason why Chris is singing this one and not me. My voice does not do it. He doesn't look like his voice should do it, but it does. And this blew up on the internet and actually turned out to be really good for Rick Astley. He had a weird relationship with it. He thought they were laughing at him, and they kind of are. Um, but then he just decided to embrace it. And so, like, he ended up in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 2008 as a surprise guest to Rick Roll the Parade. And it was just, I played Rick Astley, never going to give you up, at, at my wedding um, because I thought it was really funny for me to Rick Roll the wedding. They thought they were coming here to hear nice music at the reception. And instead, what they heard was never going to give you up. So that was the second coming of Rick Astley. 
And then two years ago, there was the third coming of Rick Astley. Uh, when a gen so I'm a millennial, so Gen Zs are younger than me. Gen Zs were all stuck in online school. You all remember the long, long ago in, you know, in your bad COVID times when all of Gen Z was stuck doing school on the internet, whether it was college or high school, they were doing school on the internet. And they realized it was really funny if instead of a video of themselves, they played for their teachers a video of Rick Astley singing, never going to give you up. So it turns out that every 15 to 20 years, Rick Astley comes back. That it's just every 15 to 20 years, somewhere, actually somewhere between 10 and 20 years, there will just be a resurgence of Rick Astley. He was big in 1987. He was big in 2007. He was big in, in 2020, 2020. And so what? Somewhere between, you know, 2032. And we're back. There we go. <laughs> Sorry about that, friends. Just like Jesus, Rick Astley's always seems to be coming back. There will be a set. There has been a second coming, and a third coming of Rick Astley, and I suspect there will be a fourth coming of Rick Astley. And part of how we know that God is never going to give us up, is never going to let us down, is never going to run around or desert us, is here in this story of the resurrection in Luke. Luke, um, unlike John's gospel, doesn't have a lot of post-resurrection appearances by Jesus. Luke just hits three, right? The initial ones, um, the road to Emmaus, um, and then here, this last appearance um, as he ascends. And this does contain one of my favorite details, um, one of my favorite interactions between Jesus and his disciples, because you have to realize they have been 13 men traveling around across the countryside together for three years. Um, having lived in a world of other dudes for enough of my life, they're dudes in their 20s to 40s who have been traveling the countryside together. They joked around. They made fun of each other. They teased each other. And you get the sense here, we're going to reread the bit where Jesus eats fish. Here's the image I want you to hold in your mind is Jesus eating fish. He's holding the pieces of fish. He's looking at the people dead in their eyes. He teases them. I swear to God, it's not in there. Just listen to it. He teases them because they're afraid he's a ghost. And he realizes they're not going to believe him until he, apparently in Jewish tradition, ghosts couldn't eat. I don't, look, um, in, in Casper, the friendly ghost, ghosts could eat. Um, in this one, ghosts can't eat. I don't know. I don't know ghosts. Uh, but Jesus eats the fish to prove he's not a ghost. But here, verses 38 through 42, which is Jesus saying, I've risen from the dead, which is an important like theological point. Um, but all I'm ever stuck on is, I swear to God, Jesus is teasing these guys by like waiting, 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 and then eating the fish the last possible second. He said to them, why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and see that, I, look at my hands and my feet and see that I am myself. Touch and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. Notice no one goes for this, right? So now Jesus, you know, ready to uh, take this further, says, And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it. And in their presence, he ate it. 
This is Jesus saying he's never going to give them up, and he's never going to let them down, right? Because if God was going to give up on us, God would not have, you know, sent Christ to die on the cross. And if God was going to let us down, Jesus would not have risen from the dead, right? That part of the story of Jesus' earthly life, and certainly in his suffering, death, and then resurrection is a bold proclamation that God is never going to give us up and that God is never going to let us down, right? That never going to give us up part is that Jesus willingly went to the cross in the first place, even though we are all are kind of trash fires some percentage of the time, that we do not get it right some percentage of the time. And so God says, yes, I know you don't get it right some percentage of the time. I still love you. In fact, I'm going to send my only son to die for you as a bold proclamation for the ages that I'm never going to give you up. And then I make this promise that I'm going to be back on the third day. And by coming back on the third day, I'm never going to let you down because I will even defeat death itself to not let you down. You knew there's deep theology in Rick Astley. God is never going to give you up. That is the message of Christ going from the cross and Christ overcoming even death to get back to us is God saying, God is never going to let us down. But we start to talk about the resurrection. I am willing to bet the disciples and you and I occasionally had that thought, isn't this God deserting us? As Jesus goes up into heaven, isn't this God deserting us? And certainly, Jesus, you know, talks to them. But for, you know, verses 44 through 48, Jesus is giving them this mission. Look, I'm the, you know, I'm handing the responsibility over to you. And so you can imagine the disciples are sitting there listening to Jesus going, yeah, but, but why, why aren't you going to do it? Why, where, where are you going? I, we need you here. Um, here again, verses 44 through 48. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I have not given you up. I have not let you down. Now go tell other people that I have not given you up and I have not let you down. And then he leads them to Bethany and he, you know, rises into heaven. And you can imagine all of them would have the same thought that we would have. Now what? And that's where verse 49 is really important. Because verse 49 sets up the part about how God is never going to run around or desert us. It is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised, to stay here in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Next week, you'll hear a Pentecost sermon from Pastor Emily where we will talk about the descent of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But it is the part of the story. It is the part of the Rick Astley song where God is saying, I am not going to run around and desert you. See here, I send you my power to be with you always. 
This is not, the ascension is not Christ abandoning his followers. It is Christ handing responsibility over to his fathers, over to his followers, while remaining present in their lives. It is a parent dropping their kid off at the first day of kindergarten or at the first day of college, or as Jason brought up in first service, or hands the keys to, the, to drive solo for the first time, or finally uh, leads the child to no longer live at home and experience adult life in its fullest. It's that kind of moment, right? The love of that parent is not gone. The parent has not abandoned their child, right? It's the first day of kindergarten, I bet to all of us felt that way. I'm like, hi, where, no, where are you? Huh? It's a hard day. I've always feel for kindergarten teachers on the first day. I know that the academic content of kindergarten is not that hard, but the like emotional journey that those kids go on, that's a rough thing to have to shepherd anyone through. But that is not actually the parent abandoning the child. Neither is dropping a kid off at college. Neither is leading a child to live on their own as an adult. Neither is telling, no, now you drive your sister to school. You drive your brother to soccer. I'm done with that. That is handing over responsibility while maintaining a support system. The Holy Spirit is exactly that. It is God giving us the opportunity to be a part of transforming the world, that God loves us enough that we get to do some of God's work in the world. We have that opportunity. What an amazing gift that God has given us. But God did not abandon us to do the work ourselves. God sends the Holy Spirit to be with us always and everywhere, in every situation God goes with us, no longer in the pinpoint of one man, but in the lives and hearts of everyone who call upon the name of God. So yes, God is never going to give you up. If God was going to give up on you, God would have done it already. God would have not have sent Jesus to die on the cross if God was going to give us up at this point. God loves us even though we can be trash fires ourselves. We mess things up. We sin and fall short of the glory of God. If anyone knows that about us, it's God. And yet for some reason, which is the love of God, God decided to not give up on us and instead die for us on the cross. It's a powerful statement that he, God's never going to give you up. And by rising from the dead, it's proof that God is never going to let you down. That God can do anything God needs to do to be there for you always and forever. Even death itself cannot stop the power and love of God. And that the Holy Spirit is there with us in the world right now is that fundamental promise that God is never going to run around or desert us because God goes with us everywhere that we go. And that is also why we can have that promise that just as Rick Astley keeps coming back for reasons that I cannot fully explain, Christ will come back in final victory and we will feast at the heavenly banquet because we know that God is never going to give us up, never going to let us down, never going to run around or desert us. Amen. And now, without further ado, I give you the mildly irresponsible choice 
uh, for Summer of Rock Volume 4, The Farewell Tour. I give you the number one hit for some reason in 1987 um, that has sold more than 40 million records and been viewed over 1 billion times on YouTube because we're all bad and yet I love it. I give you Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. strangers to love you know the rules and so do i a full commitment's what i'm thinking of you wouldn't get this from any other guy i just want to tell you how i'm feeling gotta make you understand never gonna give you up never gonna let you down never gonna run around desert you Now to stand as you're able, grab the hands of people around you, form one united body in Christ, because indeed the power and presence of God's Spirit that is what we are. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. You have a God that is never going to give you up, that is never going to let you down, that is never going to run around or desert you. And know that that God goes with you anywhere and everywhere. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> 